Hey everyone, welcome to the Love and Truth Church Savannah podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our hope is for these teachings to be encouraging and uplifting and that they would help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, let's get ready to receive a powerful message from Pastor A.J. Fowler. If you have your Bibles, um, I'm going to go to John 15, 7 to launch, and then I'm going to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. So, um, but I, I want to kind of lay this John 15, 7 as the foundation before jumping in. This tonight is going to be more of, of a teaching on the focus of, of spiritual warfare. It's just a really simplistic topic, um, and, and many of you, if you, um, I don't want you to shy away from this because... Uh, when you hear the topic, I want you to hang with me because I may be, uh, and what I want to encourage you, just as I do any time I speak or preach or whatever, is I encourage you to go home and read for yourself. Read for yourself. Everything that I'm giving you tonight, back it up, read it. It's going to be backed up in scripture. Um, but many of us, we, uh, you, you understand the, the premise of spiritual warfare to the degree that you can, because you never fully understand it all. We're all continuing to grow, but um, I, want to, I want to take a while tonight and just to really break this down because we're in 21 days of prayer and fasting, and the purpose of prayer and fasting that we do at the beginning of every year is to win the war in the Spirit for the rest of the year. Um, you're fasting and you're praying right now, and I'm not saying you stop praying. Um, you may go through seasons of fasting, but uh, you, you, you do it because there is a denial. I preached about this a couple of Wednesday nights ago and uh, was able to talk to you about the power of fasting, and hopefully that helped you. Um, just things that I've personally learned from myself along with things that I've read and studied, um, but it, it's important to understand that you're born into a, a conflict. You're born into a conflict whenever you took your first breath. Uh, I believe life happens at conception. I don't believe that happens the moment you're born. I believe that conception, life happens. So there, God saw you before you were in your mother's womb. Um, he spoke you into existence. He breathed you into existence. Um, but you were given a spirit, and until that moment that you surrender your life to Jesus, and he fills that void in your life, you're born into a conflict, and um, I, I, when I read John 15, 7, most of everybody in this room is going to know this, and, and, and especially Ephesians chapter 6 that talks about the armor of the Lord, but uh, I want to lay that out, but you, I, I talked about Practicing the Presence by Brother Lawrence, um, and which is a really great book, but Jesus is talking to his disciples in John chapter 15, and he begins to lay out this focus and tell them, uh, as he's talking, hey, you're clean through the word that I've spoken to you. So in other words, when Jesus speaks to you, he prunes you, he cleanses you and washes you through the washing of his word, literally, uh, uh, spiritually. And, uh, but he tells his disciples in John chapter 7, he says, listen, if you remain or you abide in me and my words remain or abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. In spiritual warfare, let me just say this, because so many people, they, they, 
they, they mysticize it, if I can say that word. They really make it spooky and crazy. And it's like I said, it's literally you're born into a spiritual war and a conflict. Just because you don't believe in the devil or don't believe in demons does not mean that they're not real. It doesn't matter. The devil, the devil doesn't. He wants you. Have anybody ever heard of that old uh, that 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 old radio? Um, I can't remember the guy. So the host for whatever my my mind is blank on that right now. But um, he he wrote this and actually did a, a radio broadcast. If I were the devil, his goal would be to convince everybody that he was not real and he was not and so we've seen that in culture we have a show that's called lucifer for god's sake and i mean they're trying to make it to where it's just implemented into all aspects of culture where it's nothing big but the devil does not care uh, the devil wants to destroy he comes to seek steal kill and destroy that's what his he wants to do uh, so whatever culture is painting the picture of is completely opposite because it's the Satan's the father of lies. That's the name that Jesus gave him. He said he's the father of lies. But he's talking to his disciples about abiding. And I, I want to say that the, the actual, to me, what I have learned is that the foundational principle to spiritual warfare is learning to abide in Christ. Because if you don't have that established in your life, you will chase every little thing uh, that, that, that's out there. And Jesus is not the central theme. Um, we'll become more focused upon those types of things of, hey, come on, let's come and just start rebuking and casting out and all that stuff. And, and your focus is completely off. So you have to learn that the foundation of your spiritual warfare, not just your spiritual, your life in general, is learning to abide, to remain, to let the words of Jesus uh, permeate your being. So you learn to abide. That's where it all starts. Abiding simply means remaining. And, and, and as a disciple, um, again, it's important that every day of your life, you learn how to take in the word of the Lord. That teaches you how to learn to remain in Christ. Scripture and, and a, just a daily discipline of prayer, a daily discipline of taking in in Scripture. Many of us know that. I'm just giving that to you at the front end. But abiding is the most important step of your warfare. You learn to see the things the way Jesus sees them. You can't see them from a worldly perspective. You have to see them seated with Jesus in heavenly places. Okay? That's not a that's not a physical place. That is a spiritual understanding. And the only way that you can be seated with Jesus in heavenly places is to walk with Jesus, to remain, to learn how to abide. And you learn what's important according to God. So you learn to see things the way he does, and you learn to see what's, imp what's important according to the Lord. Um, we, we are not to live. There's so many believers that, that don't set Jesus as the... The, the forefront of their personal lives, he's not the center of their life. It, 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 and it's just life happens to them. And because they don't set him at the forefront of their life, when things happen, they live out of reaction to the devil. It's always the devil did this and the devil did that. And I think the devil's just as surprised as, 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 uh, um, as, you know, as God is like, well, he didn't cause that. You know, you, you, you've got your life out of, you've got priorities. There's things happening, but we are not to live out of reaction to the devil, but live truly in response to the Father. You've got to learn to look at him. 
Now, when I say look at him, that is, again, giving him first fruits of every aspect of your life. When I say first fruits, that's, that's, that's my, my time with God, my prayer, my, my taking, you know, whatever it may be, your fi- all of the finances, uh, all of those, all of that. But, God, I'm giving you first priority in my life it's so that the enemy can't come in and steal. If there's a back door where he's trying to, if there's a back door working somewhere, then I've got my priorities out of line. So, so I, I learned in that process to not live in reaction to the devil. Well, this thing just broke loose and, you know, my, my uh, situation at work or this is happening right here. Well, what do you do whenever that, whenever that shakes loose? Do you focus and give all of your attention to that specific situation or do you, uh, or do you stop and say, okay, Father, this has happened. What do we need to do? What do you and I need to do? Do you bring it before his throne? I was uh, praying this morning in the auditorium, and there were some things that, that really began to hit me. And, and I'll just tell you, this, this is what the, the, the come out of my spirit. Whatever has my heart's affection has my attention. So whatever has your affection, what, what, what is it right now that has your heart's affection? Think about it. Does a relationship have your heart's affection? Does a job has your, have your heart affection? What is it that has your heart's affection? Because that has your attention. Um, I mean, it's think about our children or whatever. Something's going on with our family. They have our heart, right? So that, that's my full attention is devoted to that. So it's learning how to d- redirect and to, to, to set my true north to the presence of God and learn how to abide in him so that all the, I'm not saying to ignore it. We'll get into that in just a moment. But I'm not saying to ignore it, but you give God first priority in all of these things that take place. He is your father. He wants to work with you, through you, and around you to make it work. But you've got to learn how to abide. You've got to learn how to practice self-control. I'm speaking to myself. Patience and to seek God's counsel and wait. Just wait upon the Lord. Because there's strength that comes in that, right? That's what Isaiah says. There's, if I could take this a step further, many of you know, I want to I shift in and move into Ephesians chapter 6. But learn that. That is the first step. To learning your spirit, you're in a fight for your life. I don't care what anybody says. The enemy is fighting for your future. He's fighting for your destiny. He's fighting for your calling. He wants to destroy those things because he'll make you ineffective. And for many believers, he may not get us to fall, Brother Jim. He may not get me to fall into sin and, and leave my wife and all those things. And all, but but he, can fo- he can fight to make me busy and distract me so that I completely have my focus on a situation or, or instead of focusing myself on God. Um, you know what I mean? And where there's souls tied to that and peace. People's lives are, and that's the same with everybody in this room. It's not just me, it's you as well. So let me give you this. Understand, I'm going to take you somewhere, so please hang with me. I prayed that God would, would open the eyes of your understanding and open your eyes so you wouldn't fall asleep as well. So there are three heavenly realms listed in Scripture. There's other dimensions I won't get into, but that's just that's prayer dimensions and things. But there's three heavens listed according to Scripture. There is what Psalms refers to. I don't want to get, no, I'm not going to get in my head of myself. I will not do that. There are what Daniel refers to that is considered to be the second heaven, where when he was praying, he went on his 21 days of, of, of his Daniel diet, his 21-day fast, where he was seeking God. You can read this for yourself. And the scripture says, Daniel, when the angel came, he said, Daniel, I was sent the moment you begin to pray. But I got caught 
in a fight with the prince of Persia. The prince of Persia is not a physical person. It is a demonic magistrate or principality over that region. All right? That's what we don't see. Now, I'm not, I, I'm, I don't want to make this weird for some of you, but I want you to understand. There is rank and file in the kingdom of darkness. And I promise you, you've heard me say it before, they are in unity. I'm not going to be one to beat the church up because I think we're aligning. But the church hasn't been, but I believe we're coming into it. But there is a fight that he's caught up with, and so that angel can't come. He said, I had to reach out to Michael, which is the warrior angel that came and helped me to get to you. So there is a principality that's set up over regions. Satan's not at your address, by the way. Let me just tell you. He is in that realm of second heaven warfare. I'll, I'll, I'll just hang with me. I know that some of you are like, oh, what is he talking about? You've heard me talk about this before. Some of you have. But, but there's, there's three realms. Um, the first heaven is what we see, the terrestrial, the planet, or we see before us, we, we see the sky. That's, for, that's first heaven. That's the realm that humanity's been given. Okay? You understand that? That's what we've been given. Psalms, I'm jumping ahead of myself. I just got to do it. Psalms, I believe it's 118. I'd have to jump way ahead in my notes. 115 and verse 16. The heavens of heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he's given to mankind. He's given to the sons of men. He's given to you and I. That's what belongs to us. Now, this is where the realm of authority comes in. Hold that. I will come to that. I just want to give it to you. So the earth belongs to us. That's why it seems that God will do nothing except in response to prayer. That's the importance of your physical body crying out to God, petitioning, and making declarations. All right? Because the Father said, I'm not doing anything except that they pray. Well, the sovereignty of God. I got you, but why would we need to pray? All right. I'll leave that alone. I'll come back to it. Um, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 18. I'm going to give you some scripture because we're teaching this tonight on spiritual warfare. This is what the Apostle Paul begins to, to lay out. He tells them, finally, that means I've come to this point. I want you to get this. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Nowhere does that say be strong in and of yourself. Think happy thoughts and good vibes, whatever that is. He said, you put on the full armor of God. That's a declarative statement. You better put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes, the wiles, the, the, the systems, and the strategies of culture and the enemy. I'm just going to lay it out the way it is, all right? For our struggle, hear this, because this is going to set some of you free. You thought your spouse was the enemy, for our struggle is not against your wife, your husband, your in-laws, your outlaws, your sisters, brothers, your neighbor's dog that comes across the fence, but against rulers. Here's your rank and file in the kingdom of darkness. I'm serious. This is, this is legitimate. This is not mumbo jumbo. But against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness. Where's that at? In heavenly places. In heavenly places. So we have terrestrial warfare, which is what Jesus demonstrated to us. We don't go around looking for the enemy. I promise you, you don't have to go looking for a fight. The fight will find you. 
All right? That's why we don't live in reaction to what we see, but we focus on Father. Because Jesus demonstrated to us, He said, I only do what I see my Father doing and only say what I hear my Father saying. So He is our example of how and what, how did Jesus warfare? Literally, it didn't take long at all. He just spoke. You never heard him once. Uh, he, whenever there was something that happened before him, he just began to speak. He declared. He took authority over it and began to, it just kept moving. Just kept moving. Or as uh, uh, Pastor Bill Johnson says, he, I, I only focus on the enemy long enough to put my crosshairs on him, pull the trigger, and keep moving. But I don't focus on him. I don't give attention to him. I, don't, I, I grew up being around some of these uh, some situations where there were some, if you didn't, well, and we, I'll really be good. Uh, whenever there were manifestations, demonic manifestation is real. And the enemy loves attention. I, I don't have to get into the floor. I don't have to take the mic. I don't have to scream at somebody and tell a demon to come out of somebody. It's as simple as understanding authority, leaning into their ear. First off, I'll give you two lines. If you ever encounter that and it's making a scene, first off, you're a son, you're a daughter. Lean over and just say, you have no authority. If you don't, leave it alone, but you have no authority. I command you to leave this person alone in the name of Jesus. Leave and be as firm in the spirit as you possibly can. If that doesn't work, lean into their ear and say, if you don't straighten up, I'm about to call the cops. And watch what happens. I'm kidding. Now, sometimes that can, that can be the case. I've heard good stories about that. But you have authority. You have authority, and the enemy loves attention. I'm telling you, he does. So it's important and vital to understand that whenever you're in those moments, you are a son, you are a daughter. Take authority. That, use the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it's for, to work through you and around you. But it goes on to say, therefore, take on the full armor of God that you'll be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything to stand, give me next verse. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate, that's your legs with, your tr with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to taking up the shield of faith, there's uh, the New King James says, above all, taking up the shield of faith, you need faith with all and with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on alert. And with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. So you have to know when Paul writes this, he's writing from a prison. So there is an epiphany, a revelation of him in a prison cell of looking over and seeing a Roman soldier. And he starts to look him up and down and notice that he does not say anything about his back. Everything that he lists is... It, it is, I mean, there, there's nothing for the backside. It, it's all for the front. That shield, every bit of it. And did you also notice that the enemy gets arrows and we got a sword? Now, I don't know about you, but don't seem fair, right? It does not seem fair. We have a shield. We understand that. But so it's meant for close proximity. 
There is a fight that's going to take place. And it's not going to take place from, from here over there. It's going to take place up close and it's going to be personal. Because the enemy knows how to get into your world. He knows how to get a... He knows where to hit you that would take the affection, the attention of your heart and, and remove it from God and put it on something. When your babies are sick, everything begins to shift and change. I'm just using that as an example because that's where we've been hit the most at over the past couple of years. And he knows. He knows those things. But can you still in those moments when you don't know the outcome of tomorrow, still lift your hands and say, God, you're good and your mercy endures forever? Or do you turn sour and bitter and say, well, I thought you said you were going to whatever it is. Because here's, here's something else as pertains to if, you're, if you don't have the, 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 all of these things on your life, if you don't have the armor of God put on, the, the, the helmet of salvation is to know I am saved. I am God. You are working in me. You're doing something in me. For those of you that were eternally secure, when you come to whatever church, I was, I vacillated back and forth. I don't know if I am. I am. I don't know if I am. I am. You know, so take that helmet of salvation that is surety, the, uh, the belt of truth. Get truth. Get it in you so that whenever the enemy cuts you in some fashion, that you bleed word. That's why you take it in. You take the, 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 shield, uh, the shield of faith. Why do we take the shield of faith? We take it because the enemy's going to shoot. He's going to fight. I just keep pushing forward. It doesn't matter what he throws at me. It doesn't matter how, how, how hot it gets, how rough it gets. I'm just going to keep pushing forward. And, and sometimes, I've, I've, I don't know if y'all have ever been there. I've done all I know to do. I'm just going to stand. That's all I can do. I'm going to stand. The, the sword of the Spirit. That's the Word of God. Learn how to wield it. Learn how to confess it. Many of us, when we hit situations, we don't know what to do. We don't know, we don't know what to pray. I'm not saying sometimes it's just praying in the Spirit, simple enough. But there's times when things happen, Scripture flows out of me because I'm like, I know what this is, and I can quote Scripture. And it's not saying a magical phrase, but it's saying it with conviction because I believe what I'm saying. It's when God becomes real in those moments. Prayer is not just communion with God, but also confrontation with the enemy. So when I come and pray, it's not, you know, God, I love you, and it's just all, just loving on him, and that's great, that happens. But there are times where there's different sorts and types of prayer, as the Apostle Paul talks about praying in the Spirit with all types of prayers, intercessory prayers, where it just turns into petitioning God. God, I declare that this is not going to happen in my life. I just, I pray, I seek your face. I, I step, I stand in the gap and make up, or I stand in the, the gap and make up the hedge for this family that is struggling. They can't, they can't seem to pray themselves, so I begin to intercede on their behalf. So there's different types. Types of prayer that you pray. It's not just the, the prayer of communion, but it's the confrontation with the enemy. <clears throat> so here's something as I, I shift in. I, I just got about a few more minutes that I mentioned just a few minutes ago about authority. Paul is telling you, but all of this stuff does, does me no good if I don't understand where that comes from. If you don't understand who you are. You have to understand who you are, and you have to understand who's that you belong to. You belong to God. You, you, you're, a, you're a son and you're a daughter. You're not just saved to, to sit on a seat and just wait till your ticket or wait till he calls your name uh, to, the, to the wild blue yonder. Um, but 
it's learning, it's learning to know who you are, whose you are, and where you are in God's presence. Who, whose, and where. That's what you need to know for yourself. And understand this authority that you've been given. Jesus, in, in the book of uh, uh, Luke, he calls the, the 72 to himself. Because people always say, well, the disciples, the disciples, the, you know, they were the only one. Now, Jesus calls 72 to himself, and he delegates to them authority. He could do that. He was divinity. But he delegates to them authority, and he sends them out. To, to cast out devils, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to clean. Well, pastor, you got to understand that's figurative. No, it's not. Everything, if you look up, look up the word that was not figurative, that was all literal, those things happened, and obviously they're still happening today. But he sends them out, and they return with joy. The scripture says that when they return, they tell Jesus, they said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And they're celebrating that. He said, you think that's cool? He said, um, because they obeyed you, you need to be celebrating because your name has been written in the book of life. And then Jesus tells them in verse 19 of Luke chapter 10, he says, I have given you authority. So I want to talk about the authority in warfare for just a few moments. He says, behold, I've given you authority to walk on snakes and scorpions and authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. What are we saying in this? Now, depending on what your translation says, the proper translation, power and authority. This word authority is a Greek word that, that, that means, it's, it's the word exousia, which means delegated. It means that God has released something to you. And everybody loves to see the power and the demonstration of the Spirit where there's actual physical manifestations of healing take place. But then there's the actual exousia authority because of my sonship in the kingdom of of God, this is what's been given to us, and, I, and I'll explain myself here in just a minute. But you've been given authority, that exousia, that delegated authority, and, and it's important. You have to exercise that. That's not just given to, to leaders, church leaders, uh, and pastors. It's given to the body of Christ. It's given to you for you to exercise those things. And it's, well, what are you saying, Pastor? I can just pray for a million dollars and it just shows up on my... No, according to the will of God. That's why I told learn how to abide. God's not going... You know what I'm saying? Like, God, if he tells you to pray for a million dollars, that's great. All right? Whatever. But walking in accordance to the will of the Lord, learning to hear his voice and know his heart, and then you'll know exactly how you're supposed to pray when those moments come. Or he sends someone into your world that can walk with you through it. But authority that you're given in the spiritual warfare comes through. There's three areas that really were highlighted to me, and the first is this. It's sonship. Authority in the Holy Spirit, or authority, that delegated authority comes through sonship. Now, for ladies, don't, 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 it's sonship, we're sons and daughters. That authority comes through uh, your adoption, and if you heard Pastor Sunday when he talked about adoption, that was so amazing, but it comes to, you've been adopted into the family, you've been grafted in to the family of God, and we're tied to the blessing of Abraham, as the book of Colossians talks about, or Galatians talks about, and that's very vital and important. Abraham was blessed in all things. That's why that I'm okay. Yes, you you bet your bottom. I am blessed. I am highly. I believe that God doesn't want me broke. He wants me blessed. He wants me to walk in favor because.
because I'm a son. I'm God's son. I'm royalty. So I know who I am. I'm a, king, I'm a son in the kingdom of God. And I'm one of the king's sons. So there's blessing and there's favor. So you have to, it's not just declaring that. There's a conviction to knowing that. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have to know that in your knower. That's where you pray from. Because I, and it's constantly practicing that. Reading the scripture. Reading it over until it begins to click inside of you. I do have authority. Uh, God, you, you said most assuredly I say unto you the works that I do. Jesus said, AJ, you can do too because I'm going to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, whatever you demand in my name, it's not a petition. He said, whatever you demand, the enemy has to return what he stole. So it's a, it's a revelation to me when the light bulb clicked on that I was a son, everything shifted. My worship changes at home personally. The way I conduct myself and the way I walk, there's just something that shifts and you have to feel that. How has that happened? Well, obviously it's through the blood of Jesus. It's all through Jesus, okay? I'm going to take you through the door tonight. Don't stop at the door of salvation. Step in it. Step into the kingdom. Some of us are stuck at the door and we ain't stepped into the fullness of the kingdom of God. There is so much available to you. But because, well, yeah, yeah, no, 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 I got you. But there's something. How do we get seated with Jesus in heavenly places? It's because we understand where our salvation comes. But we got to move. We got to move in because God wants to work in my life miraculously. Signs, wonders, miracles. He wants to do those things in me and around me. So sonship. The second thing is this. Baptism and water. Water baptism is essential to your life. I believe in the full immersion of of the water. Going completely under. Why? Because you're identifying with Jesus. Colossians 2.12 talked about it, that you were buried with him in baptism. That's essential. It's essential for you. Well, I got saved. Yeah, but have have you been in the water? Have you been under the water? Have you buried? You don't sprinkle that old man. You... Bury that old man, right? I believe it. I believe it all the way. The third thing is then the baptism in the Spirit. That The book of Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 talks about that you will be endued with power from on high. There is an endowment with power that comes on you. Salvation declares, the, that, declares that I'm saved for my sake. And then there's a baptism in the Holy Spirit and with fire that comes on you. So there's an immersion of his spirit, not just in water, but in spirit, and I'm clothed with Jesus. He puts me on like a glove. Because the anointing, what you hear me talking about and what people talk, the anointing of the Holy Spirit is on you for the sake of others around you, right? I'm saved for my sake. His spirit's in me, but then the spirit comes on me, and there is an evidence to that as well. So I, and then taking a step further, because this is, I'm going to hit those now that maybe you're in that place. Well, pastor, how am I supposed to pray? How do we pray according to what's happening in the nation right now? Because I've heard you say something about principalities. How do we, we have authority upon the earth. So what does that look like? First off, I would encourage you to read the book of Romans as it pertains to governmental authority. All right. Next thing I would encourage you to read a book by Watchman Nee called Spiritual Authority. That book will open your eyes. It is a long, it's a little bit of a tough read because Watchman Nee was a very, very uh, deep guy. But, but there's things in that book that made me stop about our, 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 our presidential cabinet that I prayed and continue to pray. God, give us wisdom. Help our nation. I can still pray for the strength of our nation, for our leaders. Uh, even though I don't agree with some of them, I can still pray for them, right? 
But, but you need to read the book of Romans. You need to look because Paul was in one of the most hostile environments politically in the government of Rome. But yet he still went right into the lion's mouth. And he still preached the gospel. And he still did whatever he could to see that the furtherance of the kingdom. And God will open doors for you. But you've got to watch what you say. You, you can't curse something and, ex- and pray for it in the same mouth. Ah. You can't curse something and bless it out of the same tongue. You've got to be cautious. It's important. Say what the Father's saying. We go back to that. You want to know how to pray for your government? You want to know how to pray for your local government, your state government? I'm hitting that because that's always that's a hot button. And obviously with what's happening in the culture, just pray and say, Father, what do you want me to say? Leap, take me into the book of Psalms and let me pray those things over my nation. Give me words. Give me whatever it is and make those declarations. But you have got to understand the bounds of your authority. I'm a pastor over this campus, but I'm not going to pastor outside of this campus. Somebody said, well, you're a, you're a, you're a community pastor. No, God haven't, hasn't given me that authority. I have it right here. I'm delegated authority in Love and Truth Church Savannah. I'm not a community pastor. I'm right here. This, I, I can't pastor over something that I don't have authority over, right? Just like some of you in your jobs, correct? You don't have authority to walk into the boss's office and tell him what you're going to work, <laughs> right? So you've, you've been given certain amounts of authority, and if you honor and walk in loyalty, then guess what? God will promote. He'll, he'll exalt and he'll lift up. Um, that's what I was saying. The heaven of the heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth is given to the sons of men. There's an interesting, interesting scripture, uh, and I'm not going to read all of it, uh, but AJ, if you would come back. I want to I talk to you briefly about being really cautious according to how you engage, because this, this really takes it to a different level. And I told you I was going to teach. When I talked about the different rank and file in the kingdom of darkness, principalities, powers, mights, and dominions, right? Most of the time, what we encounter on the earth um, is, is, is Satan's imps, all right? Very, it's, it's very rare that we encounter a, a demonic principality face-to-face in our homes. There's different things that I encourage, because uh, I've talked to too many people, some that come out of witchcraft, that say they have four feasts. Um, they have four feasts they celebrate. Someone that came out of witchcraft, they tell me, we, we celebrate four things. It's crazy because that's what the Jewish people do as well. But they, they, but this, they, they said, but the pinnacle of our feast is in October. I'm going to let that sink in because I'm going to tell you what I, what we do, what we don't. We don't practice. And I don't care. I know it's, well, if spotters and ghosts help you out, knock yourself out. But it's important if they celebrate that and exalt that and they pray and fast too in that season. This particular person that come out of witchcraft was a practicing witch and said, I, and I was, I was thinking, how, what in the world do you pray? I mean, like, how do you? They said we pray for the fall of leaders, that pastors and their families would, would that there would be that one of them would fall, that, that that divorce would take place and the family would be destroyed. They said that we 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 fasted and prayed into that vein. That absolutely blew my mind. So that's why the Lord had led me. AJ, plead the blood of Jesus over your family. Plead the blood over your marriage. Plead the blood over your children. This blew my mind because I never saw that perspective. I never heard that perspective of it. But it's there and it's happening. This came from someone that was a practicing witch. 
Bless God they're saved now. Thank the Lord for that. But it just gave me insight into these things. And, and, and it's important that we as believers are careful. Be sober. Be vigilant for your adversary roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour why be sober yeah because if you're caught sleeping as a believer if you're caught sleeping then you'll compromise next thing is here little there little leads you into a path of destruction and then you're completely off the path i'm just saying this is real this is real but how do we pray so we don't just wage war if I could say on the spirit of abortion, the spirit of murder, spirit of this and spirit of that. Why? Because whatever a demon, whatever is whatever's happening is not, it's not like demons have a name like Matthew and James. No, whatever you see is what they are, right? So a spirit of murder, that's what they are. A spirit of division, that's what they are, right? They do what they are. And so it's important for us to know how to engage in warfare. First, number one, if you've got the foundation of abiding, you're good to go. Understand that you're a son or a daughter. Be baptized in water. Be baptized in spirit. Understand your authority, which leads us into a setting of Scripture that is kind of kind of wild and crazy. But it's in 2 Peter, and we'll read it and keep rolling. 2 Peter 9 says, Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from a trial. Thank the Lord for that. And to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment, especially those who indulge the flesh in its corrupt passion and despise authority. That's why you need covering. That's why pastors will give an account for your soul. But I think it's there has to be two can play. I'm accountable but only those that I can actually pastor over. All right, I'll leave that alone. Reckless, self-centered, they speak, listen to this part, they speak abusively of angelic majesties without trembling. What is that saying? That means know your authority. Watch what you say against these demonic principalities that are set up over regions. So I don't just call them out and begin to curse them and whatever. No, no, no. I do what Jesus laid the blueprint out. So know your authority how to pray. And believers, we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be casting things out. We're supposed to be taking authority over the enemy and what manifests in our lives. That's your authority as a son and a daughter. You have a right in the kingdom of God. Jesus gave you the right is what John talks about. It goes on, it says, whereas angels who are greater in mighty or might and power do not even bring demeaning judgment before them against the Lord. So it's saying even the angels of God don't even bring accusations against these demonic principalities. I, I, I don't know any other way to put this except for there is a respect because there is an authority they carry as well. They have their day, and the angels of God know there's a day coming that these principalities that wreak havoc over regions, homosexuality, that set, you ever, well, just look. What is it that you look over certain cities and what's prevalent there? Look over Vegas. What's there? Look over the prostitution. Uh, there, there's, there's, there's just mindless gambling. Wherever there's a, and even smaller cities. Maybe it's a political. Maybe it's a religious spirit. It's all, but look what manifests. That's how you know something is setting up over that region. And there's activity there. 
But you have to have an assignment for God before you engage in something like that because God wants your attention. He doesn't want you engaging with every every one of the demons are here. I promise you. I always say this. They may not be under every rock, but they're under every other rock. I promise you. Goes on to say, it says, um, talks about, but these, like unreasoning animals, born as creatures of instinct to capture and be killed, using abusive speech where they have no knowledge, will in destruction of those creatures also be destroyed. So I'm going to leave it right there. But it's interesting that this scripture says, these, these people, they speak, and these are people that, that don't understand authority. They don't understand. Uh, they, they, people say, well, they're the false teacher. They're a false prophet. They're a false pastor. Well, there's also false, false brethren and false sisterin too, all right? <laughs> not everybody that confesses that they're a believer may not be. That's between them and God. It's not always false leaders. It's false brethren and sisters as well. Be mindful of those things. Jude 9, and then I'm going to close. Jude 9, it's actually strange, 1 verse 9. It says, but Michael, here's one more step to take it further. But Michael the archangel, when he disputed with the devil and argued about the body of Moses. These are, these are you understand they're archangels, all right? There were three. Michael, Lucifer, and I'm missing one. You know which one? Gabriel. So there's three. One was a messenger, one was a warrior, one was into worship. Lucifer fell, right? But it says that Michael did not even dare pronounce against an abusive judgment, or excuse me, did not dare pronounce against him an abusive judgment, but said, the Lord rebuke you. So there was a respect there, right? So for us, we have to know our realm of authority. What has God given you? And and we exercise that, all right? That's how that works. My prayer and my goal was that we'd run out of this room charging a bear with a switch. But I don't know, I don't know if that'll happen or not. We'll see. I want to see the people of God bold. In this year, as we get ready to move forward deeper into this year, you will come face to face with the enemy. If you don't, you better have reason to worry because you may be going the same direction. You will come, come, come face to face with an enemy if you're not already. Maybe in your, in your family, your marriage, your health, he will fight in some facet. But we don't have to worry. Jesus said, be of good cheer. I've overcome. He is our example. We don't have to fret. We don't have to worry. We just got to trust. God, I'm not looking. But when it manifests, I do have authority with, over what's in front of me. And I'm going to learn to abide in you. And I'm going to learn the authority as, my, as a being a son in the kingdom of God. Whenever sickness comes against our home, even I may be weaker than well water, but I'm going to be calling them, pray for me. I'm not the kind of, I'm not the guy that will tell you, I'm good. Oh, I'm good. No, I pray, 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 pray. When COVID was wreaking havoc on us last week, pray. Oh, whew. still, pray. So you, you need those that will stand with you. You're not by yourself, okay? That's the importance of being friendly to your, your congregation. This is where God's planted you, right? Stand to your feet. 
I just want to pray boldness and courage over you as you leave out tonight. But take the scripture and devour it. Get it in you so that whenever you're cut and whatever it may be, that you just bleed the word. The word, the word, the word. Take everything that I've given you tonight. Go home and read it for yourself. I encourage you. Read the book of Daniel. Read the Psalms. Read, I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's laced within all aspects of Scripture. You have been given dominion, first and foremost, and you have authority. So if you would, just stretch your hands in front of you, and I want to pray over you. So, Father, I pray over our campus. I pray over our people, and I thank you, Lord, for a church that is growing and stewarding God's presence over their personal lives, uh, husbands, over your wives. Father, I pray over families. I just feel to do that. Come on. Hey, husbands, put your arms around your wife or hold their hand, whatever it may be. Let me pray over your marriage. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I pray over marriages right now. I plead the blood. I pray that there would be a hedge protection around spouses, husbands, and wives. I declare that no spirit of adultery can come upon that family. I I just declare that uh, over their mind, their will, their emotions, whatever struggles taking place, uh, whatever spirit of division that would work against them, it's manifesting. So we just declare that it has no authority. And we just pray, Father, that you would dispatch your warring angels and your ministering angels into them right now. Because the enemy will not succeed in devouring the family, in devouring the husband, in devouring the wife, in devouring the children. We speak the peace of God. I pray for Jehovah Shalom to come over these families right now. God is going to do a supernatural work in your life this year. I prophesy that over you right now. No weapon formed against you can prosper. And every tongue that rises against you from the voice of the enemy and the voice of naysayers, God says, I will condemn. I will I will break that word. It will not succeed in the name of Jesus. I pray right now over singles, God, for, for ladies and men in the room right now. Strength, courage, boldness, comprehension of the word of God. I pray that this year is a year of revelation into scripture that they've never known before. I pray for prophetic dreams and visions and visitations from the power of God. That God would renew and strengthen your mind. That this is going to be the best year you've ever had in the name of Jesus. I pray that God would strengthen the, the, your, your heart so that you could stand strong in a culture that is wavering and compromising and that you would stand firm on God's word. Kingdom of God come right now. Will of God be done. We love you Jesus and I bless this house and I bless this church. Every person in it from, from the left to the right, front to back and youth and children. I just pray for the blessing of the Lord to flow upon this house and flow into our streets that our marriages would be models to see breakthrough and see God glorified in this region. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 Come on, clap your hands one last time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray you are able to take something from this sermon and apply it to your life. Also, feel free to share this with your friends and family. And if you'd like to contact us, you can email us at loveandtruthchurchsavannah at gmail.com. We hope you have a great week.